So, I just want to get it out of the way now. I want to say that I do like this movie. But. But. A more appropriate title might be The White Guys. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every movie in our library in alphabetical order. Today we watched... Well, not today. Like... Not today. Two weeks ago, and then my voice gave out, and then it was weird, and stuff was busy. But now we're back. We are back. We're here talking about a movie we watched approximately two weeks ago, genuinely. So, it's gonna be interesting. it's gonna be rough. But, the movie we watched is called... The nice guys. Not the white guys, but it is about two white guys who are private detectives, kind of. (laughs) One of them is a private detective. The other is muscle for hire. Are they bros? Are they rivals? Are they lovers? I wish. (laughs) Imagine a kid. I mean, I know that that two men can't have a genetically blended child yet. But, like, imagine a kid that was a combination of Ryan Gosling no. and... Really? And Russell Crowe? And Russell Crowe? No. But no. imagine the, the charisma. Imagine the yeah. charisma of that child. He's probably got a lot of moxie. Russell Crowe plays a street tough who's hired to, like, rough people up when they're, like, messing with girls that they shouldn't <laughs> be messing with. And he's fun. I like the... Okay. It's directed by Shane Black. It's a very... It's a very white movie. What? Is this person known for anything else? Uh, he's done some other stuff that I can't think of right now, but it all tends to be like action movie-ish stuff. He's like, let me, let me look at Shane Black filmography. (laughs) Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3. Predator wow. remake. Oh, so nothing good. The, the I mean, Iron Man three wasn't bad. Can kiss, kiss, bang, tell bang. Tell me is, one thing that happened in Iron Man three because I can't. Yeah, Guy Pierce is there. That's not really a thing. I like Guy Pierce. I like Guy Pierce a lot. Okay. Well. Also, Pepper gets in the suit. Okay. Okay. That, that, All that, right. That, that's pretty cool. He directed Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon two, which I feel like I've never seen that. Daniel is yelling right now. <laughs> Daniel is probably oh, no. like listening to this podcast oh, no. right now and quite angry when you admit that Oops. you've never seen Lethal Weapon or Lethal Weapon 2. And it's going to be even more angry when I admit that I haven't either. <laughs> What's it about? A weapon? Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Early Mel, earlier oh. Mel Gibson. Okay, let's be clear on this. Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2. Apparently he did like a lot of work as a writer in like the uh, 80s. And now he direct he started directing in 2005 with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and he's directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys and The Predator. Which is the The Predator? Which was a Predator remake. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think he was actually in he had like a, an acting role in the original Predator. So that's interesting, um, but from a directing from a directing point of view, it's just four movies, and I I think it's safe to say that the nice guys. Well, I haven't and I haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 
But from what I know about my taste, The Nice Guys is probably my favorite of all of those. Haven't, I haven't seen The Predator either. I haven't seen any of those movies except for... I guess I've technically seen Iron Man 3, but I don't remember it. No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't? You didn't. Because I think I pirated that one while I was in um, living by myself. And I don't I don't think I made you watch that one. Hmm. Dodged a Because bullet. I know you don't care about Iron Man. Yeah, no one does. He sucks. <laughs> And Everyone at me. Daniel Daniel is once again yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, we love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> this movie, as we said, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe with an American accent. Yeah, which is how one would argue most of his roles are played at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, those are the two most notable, but there's a lot of like other like little good parts. Like Kim Basinger plays the uh, attorney general. Margaret Qualley plays her daughter. <laughs> Keith David is uh, one of the evil dudes, which is fun. And Matt Bomer plays John Boy, which is a fun Gosh. 70s reference. But also, he's a sociopathic hitman, which is fun. And then the girl from Mayor of Easttown is in it, which is a Mayor good little of, Easter egg. Mayor of Easttown and American Vandal. What? She's an American vandal? Yeah, and Gowrie Rice. Yeah, she has... Oh, we need to rewatch that then. Yeah, she's in the first season. She's And she's the person who that... The, the first season? Yeah, the first oh, season. Which, man. And she's the person who they conclude is probably the one who did it. Oh! Yes. <laughs> so good. But is protected from because of her alibis. Man. Okay. This movie is... It's kind of like coming at it from a lot of angles. It's about... The car, it's about the regulations in the car industry. It's about the golden. A- it's about the golden age of porn. It's about <laughs> the decay of Hollywood. <laughs> yes, it's about everything. Um, Ryan Gosling is a widower mm-hmm. who is raising his daughter, y- who can't smell. Really? That's that's actually he got like is that hit- a plot point. Yeah, that's a plot point. At one point, it was like he, I, I can't smell. You're a private eye and you can't... Private detective oh. and you can't smell? I thought even the daughter can smell and I was like, what? No. I don't remember no, that. No, Ryan Gosling can't smell. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, And Ryan Gosling, his character is investigating Margaret Qualley's character. But Margaret Qualley hires Russell Crowe to beat up Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> to beat up Ryan Gosling for... Uh, how do I... How do I put this? For being a, a creepy old man. <laughs> and then he realizes, oh, wait, this is just a private investigator. And then when the, the girl who hired Russell Crowe disappears, Russell Crowe gets invested. Oh, especially after two, two uh, nondescript guys, two guys he's never met before, show up at his apartment, which is above a comedy club. which The comedy store specifically, which is a nice little touch. And beat the crap out of him. But then he uh, gets one of them to uh, open a bag that has a dye pack in his face, which is great. The action in this movie is visceral in like a nice way. Like it's, it feels very grounded. Like it's not like extravagant. Yeah, it's not unbelievable. Yeah, like it, so if someone's scrappy, they would probably act this way. I do feel like the final gunfight is kind of a lot like shooting up the hotel and yeah. everything. But like all the like in your face like fist fights. I feel like you're very good. And the foot chases. Mm-hmm. And the car stuff, too. Um, it's... It's a movie... 
I what I don't even know what like the thesis of this movie is really. Though. I don't think there is one. Because it's kind of like it's like halfway between an exploitation movie and a noir. It feels like because it's like got the porn plot line, mm-hmm. but it's also got like all those classic like private detective tropes. It's also a, a buddy cop movie in some ways. Yeah. It's like. It's interesting because it's very much looking at the 70s through the frame of the 2010s. Yeah. 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 It's it's a movie that I don't think could have been made at any other time. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Because you're looking at the... I mean, they're talking about the catalytic converter, for God's sake. Like, it's all it's all about, like, the regulations that were being put, placed on the Detroit auto companies, specifically. Like, that's the main plot line. And the, the porn is becomes itself like a MacGuffin in a way. The fil- MacGuffin? This is a term. This is a term that is you it's the it's the thing that everyone is after that's motivating the plot. So like every single co- every single infinity stone in any Marvel movie oh, is a MacGuffin. No. If it's if it's the thing that everyone is after, it's a MacGuffin. It's a Doc McStuffins. It's a Doc McStuffins. Margaret Qualley is the daughter of, I think she's the Attorney General, Kim ba- Kim Basinger's character. And she teams up with a porn director to get, and a porn star, to put all the information about the deal that has been cut between the U.S. government and the automakers to avoid the regulation and, uh, avo- and uh, make it so that Detroit can cut corners. She puts it all into a por- into a porn film, and Detroit hires hitmen so that they can kill all the people who were involved with it and burn the film so it never gets out. You know, this movie makes a lot more sense now. Now that I've now that you've explained the plot to me, <laughs> uh, the whole time I'm like, why is why is everyone after Margaret Qualley? <laughs> and it, and everyone's after Margaret Qualley because Margaret Qualley's got information. I thought it was just that the porn star was really important and that she was in cahoots with them. And then that video was really important. I was like, you see, it doesn't all come together until so the many very layers. end. It's and it's and it's a little bit overcomplicated in some ways. It's yeah, it's over the top because you've got like the uh, the old lady who's. Who's like the porn star is yes. her granddaughter mm-hmm. too, and so like, she's looking for her, and she sees the film, and she, but she because she's older and like you know the thick glasses, she thinks it's just her her daughter, actually her daughter, not, granddaughter, not the film. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's it's got layers. It also opens. I will just say, the first line spoken by anyone in the movie is "How do you like my car, big boy?" Which is just gosh, you- spoken by a. By a naked woman who is dying in a car crash. <laughs> A.K.A. the porn star. The, the porn star. But when I, I was reading an article about it, and it was saying, like, apparently she's in a, like, I, I, I kind of put it together when we were watching the movie. Uh-huh. She's in, like, the exact position as, like, on the centerfold he's looking at before yes. he goes out to the car crash. Yes, it's actually wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, like, drapes, he takes off his pajama shirt and, the, and, then, like, and lays puts it, it over, over her. her. It's also just a great car crash scene. It's just the car... The, the practical in this is, is a lot of fun. The stunts. Like, the the way they destroy scenery in this movie. Like, I, like I'm like i thinking about the gunfight between Matt Bomer and uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Uh-huh. When they're, and when they, like, shoot the pine tree down. Yeah, yeah. Or the palm tree. No, not pine tree. <laughs> it's, it's, this is the, the west, not the south. Gosh. That also would take a lot of work. <laughs> 
No, I just like his kid so much. Yeah, she's, she's hilarious. Funny. She hides in the trunk to go to go with him to the party. Yes, and, and then, then he thinks he put her in a taxi to go home, and she shows up in the party, hanging out with the porn stars, <laughs> where they're showing her the movies that they've done. And Russell Crowe's like, "You can't just show her that." And they're like, "Oh, okay, I guess." But she gets, like, the information that they Yeah, need. yeah. What I love is when she meets Russell Crowe and, like, finds out what he does is she's, he's like, someone can hire me to uh, beat someone up. And she's like, oh, can I hire you to beat up my friend Janice? <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> and Ryan Gosling is just like, no, no. <laughs> what I like is that Ryan Gosling is, like, such an incompetent in this. Yeah. He, he's... It's it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you really want to see movies where these leads are like hyper competent. So like it's like the Tom Cruise thing. I love a Mission Impossible movie because he is hyper competent, but he's always slightly. You always think that he's in slightly over his head, mm-hmm. especially in like a Ghost Protocol or something. Whereas yeah. in like Fallout, he actually isn't in over his head. He's actually got it in control the entire time, but everyone thinks he's in over his head. Mm-hmm. But then. You see a movie like uh, like A Few Good Men where he's actually in over his head and still manages to scrabble his way out. Yeah. And I like that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I find I that think, more interesting. I think Ryan Gosling is doing that kind of thing in this he's, movie. But he's always that character who doesn't hunt, have it 100% together. He, no, no movie is he in that he's like... I'm, like, hyper-confident. Even in, like, Crazy in Love, where he's at first presented as oh, hyper-confident. especially not that one. He's, like, actually, he's emotionally, like, yeah. completely stunted and still needs, like, a lot of, a lot of, has, like, a lot of learning to do. Oh. And he's really good at those characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas Russell Crowe, I don't, I don't want to be mean to Russell Crowe <gasps> in this don't podcast. Don't be mean to Russell Crowe. He's getting old. But it... And that's why that's this the... role feels like kind of good for him because yeah. it feels like an allegory for this stage of his career. Yep. Because like, okay, his character's entire thing is like he was, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. when he was in that diner and he was angry and he was sad because his wife, I think his wife had left him or his wife had died. It was, it was unclear. I don't oh, really I don't remember. Know. Something to do with his wife. Mm-hmm. And he beats the crap out of this guy that's trying to take it down and saves everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Because of this, he's been able to coast on that to get work doing that kind of thing for people. Being the guy who goes in and beats people up and sends them messages. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, doesn't that kind of feel like that moment was like his gladiator? In a way? Russell Crowe got big on Gladiator with yeah. Ridley Scott. And then he's had some like great roles since then. But it feels like late in his career, sometimes he doesn't always know what he's doing. Like that, and people just cast him to just like give the movie like a bit of extra prestige or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, like think about like his, this movie. No, well, this movie, th- but this movie he's good in because his character is sad. Yeah. And his character's coping with that sadness. Like I think about how he has to put on the reading glasses to read everything that he has. <laughs> That's just such a nice little mm-hmm. touch. And he's like. They're not afraid to play up his age. And he's here with this young guy who, like, mm-hmm. should know what he's doing but doesn't know exactly what he's doing but is acting like he's better than him. And it just feels it feels like this character is just Russell Crowe in some ways. Yeah. And I like yeah. that a lot. Like, especially, like, now in a post-divorce sale world, you know? 
gosh, what I wouldn't give to have been at Russell Crowe's divorce, divorce sale. sale. Everyone, please oh. look up Russell Crowe divorce sale if you haven't already. I just need you all to. I just need you all to see that. Ugh. So good. Very good. <laughs> what I wouldn't have given to have been had a few million bucks to throw around and get Captain Jack Aubrey's <laughs> uniform, you know? Because <laughs> we are. We have we've made clear on this podcast. We are pro crow. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No. We we love Russell Crowe. We respect Russell yeah. Crowe. We think maybe he should have gotten a few more voice lessons before Les Mays, but we still enjoyed Whatever. what he was it's trying still, to do with the character. You know what? We're not even gonna. <laughs> There's a lot of problems with that movie, and not just him. I mean, the problems the director. The problem. There's a lot of problems with. The problem is that. The problem is that unless you're doing it old Hollywood style, musicals don't adapt to film that well. No. Hmm. Especially people who want to make gritty, in-your-face films. Oh, gosh. Huh. And I guess Les Mis is kind of gritty and in-your-face for a musical, but like... Like, he cut little people. What was the point? What was the point? Okay. Well, anyway. Someone tell me... What was the point? And like... You know what? Just because Anne Hathaway got some Oscars, got an Oscar for it, we had to endure Cats 2019, which was an experience. Hey, and I'm glad. Hey, you know what? I'm glad listen, that we did endure it. It we, was. It was. We shouldn't have rushed it. I think there could have been some more editing done here. Well, the problem was people. The editing wasn't done, and then they and then the trailer came out, and they were like, "Oh, uh, actually, we're not giving you any more money because this looks terrible," which made made it so the editing stayed in a permanent state of not done. But also, it was ill-conceived from the start. There were cockroaches with children's faces. The depth was a real off. Like, I loved the concept of being at cat's eye level, but they really f- overdid it. <laughs> they're I mean, not mice. They're cats. <laughs> oh, Ugh. man. Anyway, you've, you've sidetracked us. I've sidetracked us. You know, while you have a sidetrack, should we go to the concession stand? Let's go to the concession stand. All right, class. Settle down. Welcome to Boring Old White Dudes in History 101. In this class, we will learn all about the true heroes of science, the men who lifted us from ignorance into glorious knowledge and... <laughs> Not on our watch! Gadzooks! Hooray! It's steampunks! Curses! Not the steampunks! That's right, I'm Emily. And I'm Zach. And we, along with our steam-powered flying horse here... I'm here to teach you all about the amazing people that some history teachers love to forget. Don't listen to them, class. They'll tell you all about women with amazing contributions to science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Dang right we will. People like Mary Anning, Frida Kahlo, and Euphemia Haynes. And all you gotta do is tune in every other Wednesday. And keep Keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam-powered horses. Steampunks will return in August of 2021. Find us at pocketpodcastnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are found. So, like, we've talked about what we've liked, and we liked the action. We liked the cast. The cast had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There was real real good chemistry, a lot of snappy dialogue. Margaret Qualley was fun. The sets are fun. Like, the, the entire 70s aesthetic, mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was, like, a... Once 2010 hit, there was some weird obsession with the 70s that just has kept rolling. Well, it had been 40 years since 1970, so... <laughs> I, might have had, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's 
it's also like a look at LA in that time too, which is which is fun. And and because LA is such a car based city, like a car specific plot mm-hmm. feels like it makes sense. You know what? <laughs> I've always enjoyed watching movies about LA, and now I realize that Atlanta's very similar. Yes. And this is where they've all come to make the movies now. Yes. So Atlanta is kind of new LA in yeah, some ways. In a way. Down to down to like the stratification of wealth in specific neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. and it's and it's a look at that in in a lot of ways. And you know, I I really do like this movie. I like it a lot. It is a white guys movie specifically. Oh yeah, and uh, that (sighs) there are two black characters in this movie. That mm-hmm. I can that I can think of, yeah, with speaking lines, yeah, and they are they're probably more at the party, but both hitters for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you've got mm-hmm. Keith David, and you've got I don't I don't even re- remember the characters' names. I have it. It's it's been a minute. It's it's been a minute, but like at the same time, huh, Yaya Acosta. Yes, this is her. She she played Tally. She doesn't even have a last name. Doesn't even have a last name. Ne- Keith Keith David is just the older guy. They never actually give him a name. Uh, not Keith great. David, who is an iconic actor, mm-hmm. and it's like they are the only two like non-white people on this cast list, other other than Hannibal Burris. <laughs> who has who has three lines as a giant bee in a dream sequence? Gosh. <laughs> um, it's and it's like so you're only gonna hire two black people in a city that is as diverse as Los Angeles. The only Latinos that you're gonna see are waiter waitresses at a Mexican restaurant late in the movie. Like, and the two two black people aren't even from LA; they're from Detroit. And they're hitmen yeah. slash hit woman. Yeah. Like not great. No, it's not great at all. <laughs> all the women are dead or dead, evil yeah. or corrupt by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The only female character that survives the whole movie, reputation untarnished, is Anne Gowrie Rice. Who is a kid. <laughs> who is a kid and a woman being raised with only male influence, Ooh. except for all of her female friends. But she's, she's Still. like, mm-hmm. mm. women are portrayed kind of as flighty and vengeful and out for themselves. Like, the- yeah, yeah. The whole consensus was that they they brought them right, brought it on themselves, and that like, well, I mean, right? it's well. There's the the, the argument is. In the end, it's Kim Basinger's fault because she's the one who was willing to sacrifice her daughter and who was willing to put her daughter in harm's way and not, like, listen to her and everything. So the conclusion is that Margaret Qualley is kind of right but went about it the wrong way. But at the same time, she's still, like, she still gets killed for her trouble, Mm -hmm. you know? It's... It's not great. I do... I do really like the movie. I just think it's a buddy comedy, in some ways. It's like mm-hmm. that buddy... And it's got that buddy thing going on. So it's very much... We can only look out for each other. You know? It's like... We can only trust each other. So like... But like... Why does... Do all the bad people have to be... Like that? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Like... 
Like I'm thinking about even even looking at like we we watched part of an episode of Perry Mason last night of the new Perry Mason, <laughs> which is another show that is set in L.A. but in, in a different period, obviously like twenties at this point. Mm-hmm. But the, I believe the year is 1931 or two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the twenties at that point. No, it's in the thirties. It's, it's like the, the early thirties before the war. Before World War Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. but after World War One. Yeah, after. Because he's... Okay. They have all those flashbacks. And, like, there's, there's like, one black character in that, but the black character is, like, a good guy. You know? He's, yeah. He, and he's, like... And, like, all the all the corrupt influences are, like... The pilot. The pilot's not... The pilot, she? she's she's Latina. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And she's a pilot. How cool is that? She, a rich pilot who's trying to buy the farm. Yeah. Which is cool. It's like, so it's, cool. It's a cool... And I'm just thinking... There are so many other movies that are able to pull this off. Like, if you're going to cast the bad guys like that, then cast the good guys. You're throwing some supporting yeah. characters. You know, it's just... It just it's feels lazy. like... It's It's lazy. It's kind of aggressive. It's... And you know, this movie came out in 2016. Yeah. Past time. But 2016 wasn't as long ago as we all think it was. Five years. Yeah, five years. Half a decade. Half a decade. But, like, people were already talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just that people were... And I'm not saying people are completely listening now, because they're not. No. People were less opening to listening, maybe. Less open to listening. But, like, it's... People making Hollywood movies were do less I still, open to listening. Do I think that this is... Now, do I think that there are other readings of this movie that you can have that are, like... Saying something more about like the state of Hollywood and the state of LA and the way that it's portrayed in movies, absolutely. Like, do I still th- do I think that it can improve in- on other things? Yes. Do I- am I ever going to watch this movie again? Probably. It's fun popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's really fun mm-hmm. popcorn. Yeah. And no, us talking about it already makes me want to watch it again because there's just, there's so many details in it. Yeah, and the performances are just top class. It's gen like genuine laughs I'm getting and like I feel invested in it like I think about the scene where he finds the body at the bottom of the gorge Mm -hmm. it's hilarious (laughs) it's like you feel like his anxiety but it's also hilarious and then when they throw the body over the fence and it lands in the bushes (laughs) at the party (laughs) that was really funny it's or him swimming in the pool to try and get the mermaids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's fun this is it's it's gonna be one of those movies that I'm like not gonna quite give four stars, but that I absolutely think everyone should watch. You know, like Jupiter Ascending. Oh no. <laughs> well, with that, do you think it's time to rate? I think it is. I am going to give it. Oh, and just uh, you know, let's let's do it out of Killer Bees because that is a side plot that is that is one of those things that Ryan Gosling is very scared of throughout the movie. I give it three and a half killer bees. Okay. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a generous rating. That's about how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I think 2.8. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Perfectly fair. I, makes sense. Cool. Cool. We are a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. We sure are. And uh, in case you couldn't already tell from the promo that we played earlier, Steampunks is... Coming back, I'm baby. Excited. 
So definitely check that out. Check out Pokemakers. Check out No Dice. Check out Green Mountain Mysteries. Pokemakers is cute. Yeah, lots of great shows. All worth listening to. Gold Star. All of them. All all of them get gold stars. Do you know what we're um, watching next week? Oh, I do. You do? I do. I don't know. I'm very excited about it. It's another end movie? Are we done with that? It is another end movie. Hmm. It's also technically a number movie, too. A number. It is both an N and a number. 99 Red Balloons, the movie. <laughs> nope. There's only one cut. Well, I think what? technically two cuts. Cut. What do you mean cut? Well, in the entire movie, there's only like two cuts. Two hard cuts, anyway. A lot of faked cuts. Are you kidding? You put 1917. You put it in the ends? We, ha- we had this discussion about after movies. after Z. We had this dis- we No, because we have to end uh, with Z. We have to end with Z. This is not how it should be, but we'll do it anyway. You loved this movie when we saw it. It's I, so I'm good. I'm worried I'm not going to like it as much this time. Well, listen... It's like Ryan Johnson said. They had to do that every single day. And Ryan, and Benedict Cumberbatch was waiting at the end the whole time. And sometimes they didn't get there and they just had to start over. <laughs> so it's worth watching That's just to find cool. out if they get there. That's cool. <laughs> no, no. They faked so many cuts. Uh, yeah. But it's... it's, it's I, I still it appreciate pretty, it. I like it. pretty movie for sure. And we'll talk about it more. Next week. In two weeks. Oh, in whenever we'll talk about whenever it when the we, next episode listen, comes listen, our out. our release schedule is so irregular at this point. We'll talk about it when we talk we like about to it. Keep you guys guessing. Two weeks or less. Oh, we also need to talk about our music um, from the organ machines. Yes, who have a new song out? Yeah. Oh, is, it's so good. It we is, haven't we haven't done the podcast since like, yeah, the out with a fire. Have yeah, we? no, it's called a fire, oh, and it so is good. fire. It's very. good. I think about it all the time. It's That's pretty rare. So good. Go stream it like right fucking now. We love it. We love the boys. Very good. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Sing it, I never saw the Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.